happen? Oh! I am your host, Adam Chameo. And I'm That is right. This is the Quack 12 podcast, the most official, unofficial Oregon Ducks podcast on the web footosphere. There it is. And Aaron, I've been watching the last of duck basketball for the for the 2021-2022 season. Noise. I've watched uh, these ducks slowly get strangled (laughs) to death in March. I've watched so little. Yeah, sports. Yeah. I didn't even know it was over. <laughs> well, hey, that's the show, isn't it? That's hey. the Quacko podcast for you, Aaron. You keep us sounding good. Usually, you're in your basement, in your creepy little basement, in my in your little dungeon, in your little dungeon, in your Riddler esque, uh, your little Paul Dano dungeon. Uh-huh. Um, but now you're in a very respectable looking place. You look like you're in a orthodontist office in fact i'll it, give you the it, 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 yeah it, oh yeah look at that oh if this you see back piglet? here yeah see that back there that's an old school family photo from oh. when i was like 22 maybe oh that's my right gosh. adam i'm in my mother's office in your mother tyler, office. Texas. tyler texas on the outskirts of tyler oh, yeah. texas i like those little pig figurines did you make those for your mom Perhaps on a mother day long ago. Oh. Don't you know that? I, look at all those family photos back there, y'all. Look at that. Look at oh, that. Oh, that's adorable. So, yeah, Aaron coming from Tyler, Texas. May, basically, he's going there to cover all the Texas teams that yep. are still in March Madness. That is why he oh, went down there. It's still and, going. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, first of all, yeah, I mean, for us, no, it is not. But the goddamn, oh, we'll get into it. We're gonna. This isn't. Okay, let's uh, get into it, baby. This isn't quacks a ball yet. That's uh break, That's coming yeah, up. You break me off a piece of the headlines real quick. There you go. That's a great. Maybe we should make that into a break me off a piece of, piece those, of those headlines, headlines real, quick. real quick. No, <laughs> we no, probably won't. There. Get, that's it. Uh, okay, whatever. I guess that's it. I'll make that into something. Yeah, that's uh, it. One headline, they got a lot of ducks talking. Now, this is NFL news. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, okay. Marcus Mariota, of course, our beloved quarterback. QB number one, uh, our Heisman winner, the greatest footballer to ever play for the Oregon Ducks, is actually being traded to the Atlanta Falcons. Oh, good for him. I mean, he's been a long-time backup, you know, for uh, ever since his time at Tennessee. Um, where they basically broke him. He's been really injury prone, obviously. That's a weird oh. it's a weird word. I think it's funny to say injury prone when it's like, is it injury prone when you're a quarterback in the NFL and you're right. like like <laughs> it's more like it's an amazing that people are still able to play. It's, it's like saying he's prone to getting hit. Yeah, an injury prone uh in in an injury prone profession, I would say. Yeah, like podcasting. Totally. Um yeah, but he's going the Atlanta Falcons. Okay. Very, very interesting. Taking over from Matt Ryan. Is he getting a pay bump? Oh, I'm sure he is. I mean, he's a starting quarterback now, so I'm sure he is. Oh, uh, okay. Not only that, but we'll just we'll be able to see him actually play, you know? And uh, right. pretty excited about hopefully. Um, it'd be nice to see a lot of people. There's been some pictures floating around of like Herbert in a when he was really young, he was in a Chargers jersey. And now he's, you know. Uh, the star quarterback, star player for Chargers. Right. Uh, and there's also uh, photos of a very young Marcus Mariota wearing uh, Atlanta Falcon jersey. You know, Of course. And uh, hey, look at him now. Look at him he's now. He's made it. He's done it. And he's been in the league forever. Like, you know, but it's nice he's getting a chance again. Uh, right. Hopefully, I don't know. Uh, in Atlanta's, I think that's going to be a tough spot for a lot of similar reasons and that he's not going to get a whole lot of protection. So ooh, that's tough, but it's fun to see. Well, some. you know, the he's draft hasn't started yet, so you don't know who they're going to be getting. Yeah, exactly. Or uh, maybe you do. And I don't, I don't, I can tell you, I don't <laughs> yeah. tell you this. This is uh, how you can tell college football times are a changing. Uh, five-star QB, which the Ducks were very much into, uh, Nico Lamaliava. I'm guessing that's it. Lamaliava. Mm-hmm. Nico Lamaliava, five-star QB, 2023. Um, he committed to Tennessee. Oh, 
he was leaning towards the Ducks, it kind of seemed like, or there was a lot of talk that he was. Mm-hmm. But then Tennessee with an NIL deal comes in there. What is NIL? Uh, name image likeness. Uh, this is this is new for college football. You know, this is the right. way you can pay players legally. Right. Okay. Not that paying players is a new thing because we have been doing that, but this is the you know the legal norm. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Motherfucker. So this guy's in high school still. Gets paid eight million dollars. No, you're lying. I'm not lying. Eight million dollars. Boom. College what a is boss. Yeah. Hopefully we can do that. Get some, you know, TV. now, do you think that's too much money for somebody that age? Um, this is what I think. I think, I mean, like, I guess YouTubers who are 14 make that amount of money. Yeah, I don't think, uh, as do gamers who are 12. I think that's a very ageist statement for you to make, first of all. Well, Aaron. I am. And I hope they cancel your ass. Look, um, I'm like a fine cheese, my friend. Old as hell. <laughs> I think you're fine cheese because you stink and you're cheesy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I take a sip of water after that burn. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm a queso fresco, baby. Uh, But Mm. what the hell were we? Oh, yeah. I don't think it's like two. I think I think all athletes or not all like the men in the most popular sports in America do get paid, I think. A bit too much at the top, top, top tier is my opinion. Like right. the ones that are making, like you know, I'm making twenty million dollars a year or something like right. that. Uh, well, but but I think a lot of other pros are not getting paid enough, like women's basketball, obviously, and then like WNBA and stuff, and then obviously college for a long time. And most people, most the vast majority of players are totally underpaid because they're not getting paid anything. Right. Besides this college education, which is apparently right. so which valuable, a fast, a fast track to business school. <laughs> uh, hold on, I got a, I got to a soundbite I've been working on for uh, college education. <laughs> nice. Took a lot of time in the studio. A lot of yeah, time I, in the studio. Yeah, a lot of it preparation. Had a nice roomy sound. You really did some good work on the reverb. Yeah, I got another clean one for you. <laughs> a little different, but uh, little different. yeah. So. I'm glad people are getting paid. You know, I that is an absurd amount of money, but they do bring an absurd value to that school. Now, here's the thing that I'm curious to see how this plays out, because mm-hmm. I do know in the NFL, the players have to pay taxes when they go on the road. Like when they play at a different team's stadium, mm-hmm. there's some kind of tax they have. This to is pay a lump sum. Like a, yeah. So it's like, how are they going to get all that money back from the kids? You know what I'm saying? Because obviously they don't want to like just depart with $8 million. They want to make at least five. Dude, it's, back. it's, I'm very intrigued by this. Um, I have not done the research, but from what I understand, uh, from what a friend told me, mm-hmm. uh, is something where it'll be like, they can't give you the money to straight up be like, there's still some kind of weird legality i'm guessing or, right. or just rules in the ncaa where it's like they can't be like here's eight million dollars you have to come to our school but it, there's some kind of thing i don't know they're pro i'm sure there would be some kind of legal ramification of like it's gonna be like, okay i'm not going to your school like, it's, it's gonna be we're gonna give you eight million dollars in the form of five doja coins <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> and you're not uh, allowed to touch them Mm-hmm. That totally sounds like a Tennessee move. Yeah, uh, but yeah. So I, I mean, I don't know. This shit's crazy. It's funny. Well, and he's like, he's a high school student. There's a lot of five stars that end up not being good, not playing a single game for their team. <laughs> so I hope he gets it, and I, I guess I hope he's good. It'd be pretty funny. Well, I mean, though. come on, Tennessee's a good team, right? So, and eh, no, not really. They're oh. in a really tough uh, conference too. So they're like, oh. I don't know. I I think they're. All right, in the truest sense of the word. All if they right. were to come to the Pac-12, where would you put them in our rankings? Mm, I think Tennessee would probably still only be like mid, mid tier. Yeah, mid tier. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I feel don't like forget about Arizona. <laughs> well, Arizona was at the very bottom. They're, st- exactly. they're still down there. Yeah, there's still some <laughs> a lot of teams that are in much worse spots than Tennessee, okay. probably. Um, but 
yeah, there's still kind of a, hmm. a jumbled mess right now. So sure. I don't know if they'd win it all or anything. Um, Aaron, we got a men's basketball player leaving. Isaac Johnson. Two A's. He's leaving. Uh, entered the transfer portal. Didn't get a lot of playing time. Certainly not a lot of meaningful playing time. So right. it makes a lot of sense. And, with and like, not a very good team to be on. So maybe you want to shine <laughs> a bit more. Oh, man. Well, yeah, he definitely <laughs> wants to be the star of the show, and that's probably not going to happen, especially if Nefali Dante comes back and Nathan Biddle's definitely going to be there. And we just got a lot of talented big men right there. Frank Capnon, right. too. So a lot of people ahead of him. So good luck. Oh, Power boy. to you, man. You know what? Power to if, you. In three weeks, you're going to be saying the words, and Capnon is long gone. <laughs> I'd be surprised by that one, but I mean, you yeah. think so? I you think surprised. he's happy? I mean, he seems very happy on the court. That doesn't mean that, like, because a lot of times when they leave, they're not doing it. To, they're not doing it like, screw you. I hate this. Sometimes they're like, hey, I genuinely did. I mean, this is what they always say. <laughs> but I think it's true sometimes. Genuinely, they're like, hey, I did have a great time here. I would like to be here, but I just want more playing time. Or like, right. I would like to live in a different state. You know, like, I right. do like it here, but yeah. We'll get into uh, some of that roster stuff, the big questions there in a second. Okay. Um, my man, that being said, I guess it's time to jump in. What's that? What's that? What's that? What's that? Did you see the clip of the Boston College player being asked what he was going to miss the most about playing ball there? No, I didn't. What did he say? So the guy goes, what are you going to miss most about playing basketball at Boston College? And he begins to answer, and then he goes, huh, and he kind of chokes up, and he puts his head down like this, mm -hmm. and he's like, like you know, crying. Yeah, he's getting mm -hmm. emotional. He's getting emotional. He comes back up. He's got the red eyes. He's got a couple tears, and he goes, going out to eat. <laughs> <laughs> and it was so like, good. what? That's so good. That's like my uh That's the one thing up. I've seen in uh March Madness <laughs> news. That's great. That's like the hand on the heart handed me the hot dog person at the concession stand. That is oh. just, just funny little moments makes it worth a true it. patriot. Absolutely. Um I'm glad you stopped us before we went into the next segment because that was a great story. That segment <laughs> would be Quack Ball. Gets doper every Love time that. I hear it, if I'm every being time. honest. So damn good. Uh, Aaron, yep. so yes, men's basketball. Let's oh just jump. Oh boy. Yeah, let's jump right into this shit. Because uh, I want to rip off this band-aid. I mean, we're already talking about the NIT. So it's like, no, I'm not interested. NIT, freaking is boring as hell. No, thank you. But, I mean, we at least didn't lose the first game. That would have been kind of the ultimate disgrace. Yeah. Uh, Let me guess. I don't know. We lost the second game. Uh, we, we Well, we'll get that, Eric. <laughs> so, this first game, oh, we and this was interesting, too. I kind of forgot about this in the NIT. It must just be, like, top seeds, uh, I think, for the first two rounds before it goes to Madison Square Garden. Um, it, sure. It's home, I... home advantage. You get home advantage for it. Oh. And I was kind of happy to realize that against Utah State because I don't know, just to be a team uh, in there, like like people showed up. I'll say that, like their fans were ready to watch Oregon lose, and Oregon for a little while there looked like they were ready to lose. Yeah, but um, I don't know. They rallied back. So like uh, Aggie scored the first bucket, but then U of O went on a 10-0 run. Uh, Utah State's Stephen Ashworth hit four threes. And this is kind of a trend for a lot of these. Is like, I don't know, uh, Ducks not being able to shoot the three and, and the person going against them, the team going against them, just having a wonderful time from deep. Uh, so there's a four-point Aggie lead later in the half. Um, it was tied at 21 apiece, though, a little bit later. And Utah scored 11 straight uh, around the four-ish minute mark. 
Wow. Uh, Oregon rallied to kind of cut it to like 37-33 at halftime. But so, yeah, that, that's why their home fans were like really stoked. I will say it was really interesting. In this one, we didn't have Nefali Dante. Um, and uh, due to an injury, I guess, in the Pac-12 tournament. Hmm. And then uh, we had Jacob Young leading the point. Like, you know, like, sure. uh, cause Will Richardson was out. And as we said, Will Richardson was out due to a non COVID related illness. Last mm-hmm. we knew there has been an update, Aaron. We have an update on what actually it was. Hernia. It was no, it was actually mono. Now mono can take you out. It's a very serious. Uh, yeah. You know, this is what happens whenever you're a star basketball player is mm-hmm. that, Everybody wants to make out with you. And sometimes <laughs> you, think that's what you just got to watch out who you're making out with. <laughs> yes, yes. The kissing disease, that is, <laughs> as it is known. As I like to call it, the kiss of death. The kiss of death. <laughs> that would uh, very much change people's... Like, mono is kind of a fun word. If you called it just yeah. the kiss of death instead of the kissing disease. What do you call it when serious. two people have mono? What's that? Stereo. <laughs> And there you go. Uh, we'll see y'all next week. Have a Bye-bye. great time. No, but the uh, again, so Will Richardson not there, and that's that's why he had missed it. Um, Jacob Young, I don't know. He he he's always been a fun player to watch. Like you could see why he doesn't have that spot, and why like mm-hmm. it it took Dana Altman's hands being forced. But he did play with like a good sense of energy, just like he did in the Pac-12 tournament. Okay. Uh, he went six of thirteen. Uh, hit made 17 points. Uh, actually, Davion Harmon uh, had, is just one of those days where he went off. Like some days it's there, sometimes it isn't. He got 19 points, eight of 13 from the floor, wow. two of three from three point land. Overall, we were eight of 19 from three point range. So not not bad for this squad, honestly. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and then Ducks led as many as seventeen points actually in the second half. We shot fifty one percent from the field, forty two percent from three. As I said, uh, outscored Utah State forty eight to twenty eight in the paint. So it's just like really dominating uh, our big man. You got to give up to like. Um, so Isaac Johnson played a little bit. He scored two points in this game, uh, but Locke were also. Uh, went out there and scored two points. And Frank Kepnon threw it down, big man. Nine points, nine <laughs> rebounds. Wow. Near a double double. Near a double double. Yeah, so that's great. And here you go. This is actually, this was a good, I don't know, this did make me feel better about this team and this season, at least winning the first game of your, you know, NIT, just because of your loser uh, championship. Well, not only, yeah, yeah, not only that, but like, because Dana Altman got his 300th win. That is very cool. Whoa. Uh, 300th win. And this is the uh, 12th consecutive season. The men's basketball team has won 20 or more games. And that is, that's actually good. Like when this is your like kind of, you know, year, year. I believe. Yeah. This is your down year. That's, I don't know. It's, uh, it's not great, but could be a whole lot worse. I mean, Washington didn't even make the NIT, so thank God for that. Uh, <laughs> and then we got the... Thing. Speaking of Texas, Aaron, Oh, you ever been to College Station? Of course. What do you think of it? It's terrible. 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 Any, any, how do you... College oh, Station Just, slash Brian is a disgusting part of the land. Why do you... Only come on. Dig into it. Why? Filthy people. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding. I've been once. And <laughs> yeah, uh, a lot of I, uh, you really summed up a lot of your you're like, yeah, I get what this place is about. Uh, I yeah, hate it. Dirty yeah. people. Yeah. Look, Texas AM, it's a terrible yeah. school. It's a pointless mm. school. The only thing they got going on there is the aerospace mm. program. And that's it. That's pretty big though. Aaron. Um, I agree all those things about Texas A&M because we went to College Station and we did not have a good time. We did not have a good time at all. In fact, we kind of got beat us? Handed. Beat us bad, my man. <sighs> they are... So Texas A&M, I think a lot of people 
favored them to win the NIT, anyone who was paying attention to the NIT, because uh, they really were on the verge of making uh, the big dance anyways. They're the number one seed in the NIT, or a one seed. Um, the Ducks took a quick three-point lead to start the game, and then the Aggies grabbed, you know, just wrestled that lead back and never gave it back, and we just sure. got our butts kicked 75 to 60. Well, Didn't even hit you know, 69. I do feel like historically Texas Texas A&M is a fairly good basketball school. In all fairness. Uh, they're all right. They're all right. Okay. They're not, they're, I don't Maybe think it was just in my use. Yeah, I mean they've had runs. I'm pretty sure, but yeah, uh, very little. So okay, Ducks had just very little inside presence this whole game, and like I said, like that was you know kind of our bread and butter. Even though Nafali Dante actually came back for this game, which is very cool. Oh, he yeah. scored 13 points, 13 rebounds, five blocks. Was our player of the game. So like he did eat, like he did do well. But outside of outside of him. There was, I mean, he was just getting like mauled, and it was just like not much happening inside. And then outside in the first half, we went three of 13 from deep, just not good. Uh, fell into That's a hole not pretty what quick. You want. Trailed 37 28 at the half. Um, and Aggies had a 22 to 8 advantage in the paint in that first half. So they wow. just got to a quick lead, just destroyed yep. us. And, and the that better was that. Yeah, the better team, absolutely. Uh, but and you know, without Will Richardson, it's, it's a tough game to be playing. Mm -hmm. So, not really much I want to say about this game. I mean, Eric Williams Jr. We should say had a very good game as well. He's been he's been one of the bright spots all season, honestly, because he also got thirteen points. Um, and so this leads us to the roster. Now, I believe the only person. That is actually like, no, they cannot come back for the men's basketball team is Jacob Young. Like, even with the extra COVID year, he he's out of eligibility. So power to you. Weird. We love you. He was fun to watch. Well, yeah, because he's like, I mean, he started at Texas, I do believe. And then he freshman. transferred. Uh, yeah, I think freshman, like sophomore season or something like that. I mean, got it up here. Let's see. Yeah, for, uh, freshman, okay. sophomore year, he's playing for Texas. Junior year, he transfers to Rutgers, and then he transferred to us. Um, but he sat out his junior year. He played two seasons for Rutgers, and he's played for us. So it's like he, he's just out. He's got like six seasons there. He's kind of pushed it to the ceiling, it sounds like. Yeah. Push it to the limit. Yeah. Like, uh, I wish he could come back, but um, yeah, no. Everyone else, Eric Williams Jr., technically with that COVID year, even though he's a redshirt senior, could could come back, as well as Will Richardson. Will Richardson has played all four seasons, uh, did not redshirt in any of those seasons. And mm. for it, I think it's for Will Richardson and for Nafali Dante, possibly. And then I guess if Gary A and Harmon really want to test their luck. Those are the players that could be attempting to go to the NBA. Not sure if they would make it, but they could just be like, hey, I'm done with this. I want to go at least try out. And they would, you know, get a sure. fair shot. Um, I think Richardson, before this season started, it would have been like a sure thing that he's gone. But because he missed the Pac-12 tournament and, you know, postseason play and, uh, you know, the three or four games before, probably when he had mono, uh, before the end of the regular season, just real bad. You know, he had like a good, like six, yeah, I don't know, like, or a good, like three halves of basketball where he wasn't scoring a single point or anything like pretty rough season for him. So it would make sense. I'm not trying to, you know, say this is the smarter idea, but it would make sense for him to give it one more go in a better season, uh, especially depending on how many people stick around. If 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 Dana Altman can actually just inject some new talent like he always does and then keep a lot of this core group, I really think this team could be a, a big bounce back, at least make the tournament. 
Not saying even win the Pac-12, but at least make the big dance. And that's all I really want. That's all I want, baby. Come on. So I don't know. I mean, it all comes down to how many people stay. Uh, I, this whole season kind of felt weird. I trust Dana Altman more than maybe <laughs> other college basketball coaches that work for the University of Oregon. And uh, so there you go. I, I trust the man. I trust the man. I mean, 300 wins. Hey, baby. That's awesome. Uh, 300 wins over 30 years. Not bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. JK, JK, JK. Uh, so uh, I believe we have a sponsor today. Mm. Um, actually, it looks like it's, um, I don't know. It looks like an interesting one. Uh, it's from the Quack Drill podcast. Let's uh, play their ad. Hmm. Oh. The Quack 12 Podcast. Yeah. Here's a special Quack 12 Podcast rap off the top of the dome. Aaron, start us off. (laughs) Yo, yo. (laughs) Quack 12 Podcast. Gonna have a blast, blast. Everybody knows that. This is from the past, past. Rooting on the internet. Everybody sees it on the YouTubes. For free. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. Sign up to the Patreon, yeah. Five bucks a month, it'll help you go, yeah. Everybody knows if you give us five stars, we'll go real far in the Apple cloud, yeah, yeah. Give Uh. us five stars on Apple Podcasts. You know you want it, or else we'll take it out your ass. Because five dollars, that's practically a cup of coffee now. Yeah, yeah. With yeah, yeah. shrinkflation, it's probably half a cup now. One, two, three, four, five. That's what it takes. Stay alive. Go to quack12patreon.com and give us your money. End of the commercial. All right. What a what a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful sponsor. Oh. One rapper seemed a little uh, more into it than the other. We got a little afraid. Yeah, maybe just yeah. shut it off. But oh, if if what I'm getting from their message, if I can decipher it, it sounded like if you go over to Apple Podcasts, give uh, the Quackful Podcast five stars and some comments, uh, helps other people find the show. Is is what I'm gathering from the subtext of those sick, sick bars they just dropped on us. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, yeah, yeah, or you can go to the Quack 12 Patreon for awesome series. Uh-huh. Like uh, Quack in Time, in which they, they, the host of the Quack 12 podcast, break down every single Oregon football season, starting from 1894. Now, back to the show, because um, we got, yet again, Quack's Ball. Quacks ball, quacks ball. Oh, that is fake out. Yeah, there's a little bit of fake out there. You thought it was baseball? Nope, quacks ball. Um, because we still got some quacks ball to talk about. We got the Oregon women's basketball team. Oh, yeah, they made it to the big dance. Big dance is exciting as hell, it's a wonderful time. Unless you get knocked out in the very first round, and that is exactly what happened. Not only that, but you get knocked out in the first round when you're a five seed against a 12 seed. Not very good feeling associated with that. Now, that being said, I don't want to take away anything from the Belmont Bruins because they were actually really fun to watch. Their main MO is just like, hit, shoot the three, hit the three, which is something that like, truly, I think it's pretty obvious to anyone watching at this point, truly, that is uh, our biggest flaw on this team. Yep. Do not have a player that can regularly hit the three. Uh, nope. It's huge Achilles heel to this team. It's not even Achilles heel. It's like you're already showing up to the battle and you're like bleeding out. Uh, yeah. from a giant like gut wound. Yeah. Uh, just because it's like we have great post players. And it was actually really fun because Maddie Shear, I believe, is still like not 100%. They they went with uh, Sabali and Prince on the floor at the same time. And I mm. actually really like that. 
I mean, like, yeah, Sabali played 48 minutes. Prince played 36 minutes. Like, wow. They And it was really fun to see, like, Prince kind of like, you know, like a high post passing down Sabali. And I, I don't know. There's a lot. We had a lot of success with that. Uh, a lot of success in the paint in general, even though there were also a lot a, of missed bunnies from, from our star players. Even like it took us a while to get warmed up in this one, uh, which is, again, another unfortunate trend for right. our wonderful, wonderful women's basketball team, which is not so wonderful at this moment. Uh, because so <laughs> I don't know. We had they had threes on three straight possessions, too. So they were like living up to their name. Overall, they hit 12 three-pointers. Belmont. Wow. Wow. And it's not it's not like it was a super high-paced game or super slow intense game and they were just draining every three because overall, I mean they shot a ton of threes. They shot 36 three-points, three-pointers and hit 12 of them. So they went 33%. Uh but it was and more still like one. And still one. Yeah. But it was more like Oregon just, I mean, both teams were having a hard time against the other's defense. Oregon was missing very easy shots. Belmont was missing, was having a hard time against our size, but eventually would hit always hit enough threes to keep them in the game to like rally back. And that being said, the Ducks did have a, like in the second quarter, Ducks took a 24 16 lead with a 12 0 run. And that did help things quite a bit uh, after, a again, a terrible, a really bad first quarter. Like, we scored eight points in the first quarter. Yeah. Uh, it, now, that's the score that would be on the board if I was on the court. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> I mean, it was it was just tough to watch. Our best players missing stuff. Um, Tina Pow Pow also had a very rough go for all huge chunks of this game. She also hit some clutch shots, but hit a lot more. Just I don't know. Just the three point shooting was off again. We were four of twenty one at the end of this game, and that's I mean that's all we got to look at really. Like because it's just like this the way this isn't gonna work just being a post team. Like right. uh, and not hitting like jumpers or anything like like mid range shots, just like missing everything. Uh, uh yeah, that's called and the choke. The choke. Uh, Niara Sabli, though, I will say this: she she killed it. Um, she had her third double double in three postseason games this season because she huh. went off in the Pac twelve tournament too. She well, scored thirty one. <laughs> We'll talk about that. That'll be interesting. <laughs> 31 points, 12 rebounds, 7 blocks. That is... She almost had a triple-double. That's like yeah. truly amazing. And she tied the U of O record for NCAA tournament points in a game. Do you know who owns... Who also has that record with 31 points? Sabali. So that would be really cool. Sabrina Ionescu in 2019. Oh, that was going to be yeah. my other guess. Ah, Sabli's a good guy. That would have been fun. Um, yeah, but so I, I don't know what to say. It was just in the fourth, especially Doug's, Ducks led 42 to 36. But then, and you got to give quite, uh, credit to Belmont's, probably their star player, I'd say. Tootie Jones, she was really fun to watch. Both Tootie Jones and Wells, uh, they were really good. And two Jones alone, like really sparked an eight uh, zero Bruin run, which tied the game at 44 to 44. Then they went on a six zero run by hitting two three pointers. Uh, Sabley to Prince, a good pass there, got it to 50 50 tie. Then Belmont hit three of their four three pointers. And it ducks were, I mean, uh, the Bruins were up by three points with like 14 seconds left on the clock in regulation and pow pow drains a three to send it to overtime. So, huh? Yeah, that, that was like, she did finally, I mean, she was hitting some other shots too, but that was a, a big one. And it did actually feel like, okay, Oregon probably has this now. Like, even though this has been a low-scoring, ugly grudge match, I, it seems like the Ducks would have the advantage here. 
especially Kasabli. Like, there was no stopping her. It was nuts. Duck scored six straight points in the first overtime. Um, they had a five-point lead with, like, 135 left. But then Belmont rallied, and the three-pointer that tied it for Belmont from Conley Chin was the final their final three-pointer of the contest. Mm-hmm. And it banked off the backboard even. Like you're just like, like they just were going for it. So a clutch three. This is what I'm saying. Like they were hitting the threes to keep them in it. And in then in the second overtime, Sabali and Prince scored early. We get take a 68-64 lead. Again, it feels like the Ducks are gonna be able to do it. But in the final two minutes after Belmont is able to rally behind their great players and, and hitting their free throws. Ducks are not able to score those final two minutes. And it just comes down to that. And we lose in second overtime by three points. What a bummer. Yeah, it is a bummer. Um, Kelly Graves said something about basically like, we never found like, we never had our basically like go to like scoring threat or something like this season. It's like, sounds like that's exactly your job, my man. So yeah. <laughs> glad you take the L. Yep. Uh, yeah, so like, you know, there's certainly some great performances. That Nihar Sabli 31-point performance is of legend. Tahina Papao scored 18 points, but she was 8 of 17 from the floor. That's that's a lot. She had five turnovers as well. Sedona Prince, 9 points, uh, 4 of 10 from the floor, and 9 rebounds. So, I don't know. There's some fun stuff there. <sighs> we're out. And, and I do want to say this. Belmont, actually, we were in Tennessee. So they did, that was basically home court advantage for them. Because they're from in Belmont, took it to Tennessee, the Lady Vols. That's who they played next in the tournament. And they almost beat them. And Lady Vols are a good team. So that was, you know, it was like, oh, yeah, okay. So, like, Belmont is for real. It's just, you know, my expectations is that we should be able to beat, even if it's in a close game, we should be able to beat Belmont, personally, I think. Yeah. If it's a team I've never heard of, we should mm-hmm. probably be able to beat them. That's kind of how I feel. I mean, I, I just we should be the best. <laughs> we should be the best in the world. That's kind of like where we were a little while ago. Uh, so then. I want to just point out, point listeners to a really good article that I stumbled upon by Eric Scopel does great work over at 247 Duck Territory uh, he, it's entitled by the numbers a closer look at the women's basketball season's strength and weaknesses it's a very just like you know uh, bird's eye view of just like the trajectory of some of the stats where the program's kind of going and in it it really highlights the rise of the Duck defense, especially with players like Sobley and Prince really being the stars of the show now, and that even having great, you know, backups like Filipina Che and Watson, uh, and also the kind of collapse, I don't know if collapse, I would say collapse, sure, of the offense, specifically three-point shooting. Because, like, you look at, like, uh, points per game, this goes, it starts in like 2016-17, so UNESCO and Hubert's freshman season, and it goes up to this most recent season. Basically, points per game, it goes from like starting earlier on, 70 po- 70.9, 82.4, 84.9, 86. And at that 86 mark, that is like UNESCO's like, final year uh this has us ranked first in the nation scoring you know so that's where we're at at that point then it plummets to 70 and 0.9 and 71.3 and in those years Sobley is our leading scorer in both those seasons so it shows how important she is also like uh field goal percentage uh these are the you know here's the we're the he bird so it goes from like 45 percent 50 percent 50.1 percent 50.9 percent scoring on 50 percent of every time you're going down there is damn good and then it's got Ruthie Hebert's specific, you know, uh, percentages are like 68.5% in her best season. That's, that's nuts to be scoring it, that frequently. It, it is. I swear is it, it, it's goat. Is it? Status. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> compared to Sedona Prince and, and Niara Sobley are both great. They're doing like 54.7, 54.2. Still amazing, but not quite there. And then, but you get to the three point percentage that we finished this season 33.1%. That's 70th in the nation. Back in our best year of, well, I'll say our best season of three point shooting was 2018 19 season. 41.5% from three-point range, and that was first in the country. So that's kind of the, compared to 70th now, um, 33%. Uh, yeah, but, uh, you know, our like I was saying, our defense has gotten better and better, and uh, we'll see what happens. I don't know what to say. Uh, I, I hope, really, just like with the men's, it's all going to come down to real simple stuff here because... It comes back. It comes down to who returns on this roster. Yep. I mean, basically, I I'm gonna, you know, eat it if I don't if I'm forgetting someone here. But everyone can return. Certainly, like all the starters should be able to return. Uh, and even like Elise Hurst, who transferred into the program, she's a senior. She still, I believe, due to COVID the COVID year can return. Uh, Sedona Prince is definitely returning. She's already said that anyways. Taylor Hosendove, I think she could. She was a deep bench player. Um, but, you know, like, yeah, so like Shannon Duffesey is a senior, but she can return if she wanted, I do believe. Here's the real question. Like you brought up earlier, will our best player, which is Niara Sabali, will she return? No. She missed, she missed two straight years of her career sitting on the bench. That's due to injury. Obviously she would have been mm-hmm. starting mm-hmm. Um, right now. She is a red shirt junior. So of course she still could stick around. You know, she could play for another year. Would it increase her draft prospects? I'm not really sure it would because it's like, I mean, she's, she just played the game of her career. Probably uh, at least one of them. Like she scored. She almost got triple double. Uh, against uh, against good competition. Now, her biggest knock is her getting injured. Is her, you know, like she hasn't played as many games as her sister. You know, she played like half the amount of games in the same amount of time. So I don't know if sticking around for possibly another injury, you know, um, right. or, or just another year of wear and tear even, even if she isn't injured, will really help her draft prospects. It would have to be, but she has come out and said like on senior night, she celebrated with them, but she even said like, this is just a precaution just in case I'm not a hundred percent sure. Uh, it, it, I, it all depends. It all depends. Really. Uh, I kind of want her, I want her to do what's best for her, which will probably be go play WNBA, but who knows? Maybe it's like, I got another one here. And her leaving, like her position is a spot we've actually got pretty well covered, but her um, talent, I mean, her rare talent, she's the best player on the team. Like that's not something you should replace. Well, Uh, yeah. You know, it, it leads to the question of, is it better to be the best player on a not great team or a middle of the road player on a very good team? Well, um, well, you know, but she could be going to the WNBA and you could be on a very bad team. Oh, there. That's you know, <laughs> but you're you getting paid know. well enough, but you're getting paid because you not getting paid. Ish. This is yeah. where NIL shit could really help. Phil Knight needs to just be like, hey, Nierus, I believe here's $1 million. <laughs> be pretty rad. I, mean, I would come on it. it easy. It's as easy as that. All you got to do is that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I would love it. Um, so that is that is that. Uh, not that. Or, well, I'll, I'll take us out with quacks. Another quacks ball. There we go. This is this is for our dear friend Adam out there. Quacks ball. Quacks ball. Quacks ball. Oh, I will say, um, it's really strange. Uh, if if our website is to be believed. Which the quackdollpodcast.com is a wonderful website, best in the world, some say. But uh, we actually are reaching our peak ever amount of listeners 
right now during like the end of a bad basketball season. I don't really know what's going on. My, I kind of suspect it's to do with the Quaxiball intro. Here's the here's here's the fact, Adam. Mm-hmm. The best thing about Oregon Ducks college football season this year was, in fact, the Quaxiball intro. <laughs> Oh, unfortunately, <laughs> that's probably true. I mean, we beat UCLA and USC. Come on. Come on. Uh, instead, let's uh, go into the real March Madness. That is the madness of the pick. Aaron, I feel sorry for you that you do not know the true joy, the true just wonderful feeling of the first couple days of March Madness. Because, oh, my baby, sitting down and watching like 16 hours no. of basketball. No. But not basketball. College basketball where the one loss and you are freaking out of here. And that is it. It right. is just cutthroat. Um, this, I thought this, these first couple of rounds were, it's, it could be I was just so eager for it or something, even though the Ducks weren't in it. Talk about men's right now. Um, yeah, like it, it was just super thrilling. I really enjoyed it. Uh, as of right now, our personal Quack 12 podcast uh, very popular, I would say. Tournament Challenge, which is on ESPN. So right now we have actually Adam Green, who's been a guest on the show. We have a lot of guests on the show in this little podcast group. He is the number one as of now with 450 points. Wow. However, the max is 930 points for him because he has University of Kentucky winning it all, and they're already out. Oh. Kentucky? They out. I know um, I'm way, way out. You're way, way out. Uh, well, I got that's them the, all wrong. That's our official Quack 12 because we wanted to do a little experiment, right? That was right. the goal is we wanted to test your your metal and um, being able to make these picks. Yeah, Kentucky lost in that first round against St. Peter's. Two seed Kentucky versus 15 seed St. Peter's, which is a college that has about 2,300 students, I do believe. Kentucky is a blue blood, famous for college basketball. St. Peter's beats them, and then they win again. They're still they're in the freaking sweet 16 for the first time ever. Um, another upset, speaking of your bracket, Aaron, mm. uh, which is called the BRAC 12, of course. <laughs> One upset that, if I recall, one of us may have made. That would be Mm. Richmond Spiders over Mm. the Iowa Hawkeyes, Mm. which did, in fact, happen 67 (laughs) to 63. That is a 12 seed beating a 5 seed. Oh, boy. They later went on to lose to Providence, which I actually said they would beat them. So, I mean, I was still wrong, but. Um, I'll tell you now, Aaron, looking at our official Quack 12 bracket, I like to just j- always jump to the final four to kind of see, like, sure. okay, how many of your final four are there? Because that's really if you got a shot of winning any kind right, of challenge. Right, right. So, UConn, UConn is knocked out. UConn right. actually lost to a 12 seed themselves. God. They lost to New Mexico State, who in turn lost to Arkansas. Um, and then Baylor... Baylor, a one seed. It felt like a sure thing. Uh, Baylor won it last year. You said they were going to three-peat, actually. I sure did. Their their second win of a three-peat. Baylor lost in the round of 32 to North Carolina, so not as humiliating. Actually, I think North Carolina had like a 25-point lead, and then Baylor rallied back, and then they lost in overtime. It's kind of crazy, yeah. It was a great game. So many great games this year. It seemed like a lot of... Oh, they've just yeah. been fantastic. Uh, and then Houston, you said Houston actually would be in the final four. Houston actually is still up there right now. They're about to play against one seed Arizona, the Arizona Wildcats, who you predicted would lose in the first round sure did. to a team that I still can't even remember who the hell they were. Uh, let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Right state. Well, apparently you didn't go there, Aaron. I'm guessing nope. you went to wrong you. There you go. That's very good. good. Very That's, good. Come on. Give it up. Come on. 
Come on. Give it up. Off the top of my head. It's better than my rap. Uh, and then Kansas. Kansas is still in the running. They survived a pretty crazy game. Uh, and they'll be taking on Providence. So they'll probably get pretty far. You got two out of four. That's not bad. But the reason why we're not winning our own tournament, which I desperately wanted to, you got Baylor winning it and you got Kansas playing them. So, I mean, Kansas may make it, you know, to the championship game. Who's to say? But Aaron, I wanted to, I want to reconfigure your your juju here. You know what I mean? Okay. Your sure. juju Smith Schuster. Because maybe just doing all these picks, which by the way, I read an article, uh, the likelihood of making a perfect bracket. It blew my freaking mind. Aaron. Aaron. So there are about 9.4 quintillion. Yeah. Have you ever heard of that word quintrill? I I guess I'd heard about it. That's how many so dollars we- I have. Oh wow, dude. Well, okay, let me do well, 9.4 quintillion is the odd to one is the odds that if you just flipped a coin, like not thinking one seed, 16 seed. So granted, it's that's you know harder. But um if you just did that, the odds of picking a perfect bracket, which has never happened in the history of March Madness, uh, is one in nine point four quintillion. Apparently, you would have a twenty-three percent better chance of if there was a sand raffle let's say right like everyone you get to pick one grain of sand and whoever we're gonna do it and if it's your sand number then you win the raffle all right if you took every grain of sand on planet earth put it in that raffle and you picked one and then we did that raffle you would have a 23 percent better chance of winning that than doing a perfect bracket. Wow. It is. Yeah. The, this article I read, I believe it's just on the NCAA site. Uh, I think it's called like the near impossible odds of a perfect bracket or something. How they go into, they go into deep, like uh, explanation of truly how big 9.4 quintillion is like, and it, it's, it's so hard to, <laughs> it's it's a really good one. I do like it a lot. Uh, that being said, so this is not a perfect bracket, unfortunately. Um, but maybe we can kind of reconfigure what you got going on in that little melon of yours by just telling <laughs> me if there's one game here that you're really feeling good about. Okay. Okay. And in fact, just to keep it easy, because uh, I want to put a, like you know a couple. Well, no, no, just, just tell me if there's one game you're feeling really good about. Gonzaga versus four seed Arkansas. Gonzaga is just like barely holding on to beat Memphis. Memphis is a good team. But yeah, Gonzaga versus Arkansas. Meanwhile, Arkansas, they beat New Mexico State, uh, the little darling there. Texas Tech versus Duke. Duke, obviously, bluest of the blue blood. Would like to win it for Coach K's final season. Texas Tech beat Notre Dame. North Carolina versus UCLA. I'm mm. loving UCLA. Jaime Jaquez apparently is healing up. Supposedly is the scuttlebutt anyways. That it would be crucial for them. They beat St. Mary's in the round of 32. And Tiger Campbell delivered a great performance in the final minutes. I loved this game to beat Akron. Um, but they're going against North Carolina. North Carolina is the very same North Carolina that upset Baylor. So they're, you know, and they beat Duke uh, at Duke this season in Coach K's final home game. So I don't know. They've showed up. Purdue, three-seed Purdue versus the true Cinderella story of this tournament, the 15-seed St. Peter's Peacocks from New Mm. Jersey. I'm pretty sure they're from Jersey. Arizona versus Houston. One seed Arizona versus Houston. Aaron, that Arizona game versus TCU was one of my favorite games I've seen in a very long time. Went to overtime. Uh, Benedict Matherin looks like possibly the best player in this tourney. Uh, They maybe should have been called for a foul that would have actually resulted in Arizona losing, but they Mm -hmm. weren't in hell. You know, you survive. Also, shout out to Big Eddie from TCU. That dude was fun to watch as hell. Dropped 70 pounds in the offseason, went from 340 to 270 to be Big Eddie. And after every every little layup he did, he was celebrating like, yeah, 
God, he was just, he was fun to watch. It, it was so good to see him. And Houston, Arizona versus Houston. That's a good game. And then we got Michigan versus Villanova. 11 seed Michigan versus two seed Villanova, even though Gerard, Gerard, Howard got really, <laughs> uh, you know, little hot water there. We got one seed Kansas versus four seed Providence. 11 seed Iowa State versus 10 seed Miami. Do any of those, Miami, Iowa State, Kansas, Providence, Michigan, Villanova, Arizona, Houston, Purdue, St. Peter's, North Carolina, UCLA, Duke, Texas Tech, Gonzaga, Arkansas. <laughs> it's for my ASMR buddies. Um, I have no read on this. So let's go mm. with, let's get crazy. Let's go with Arkansas. Okay, Arkansas let's upsetting give, the Zags. Let's give it to them Razorbacks, y'all. Honestly, I could see it. Drew Timmy had a really funny... Drew Timmy, you know, the star of... Um, oh, sure. Yeah, Kinsaka. He had a really funny post-game speech where he was, like, kind of made... I think it was a purpose joke, like a purposeful joke of him, like, censoring his halftime speech because they were down at halftime or looking pretty bad. And they're like, what'd you say at the half? He's all like... I, I'm this isn't verbatim, but he was basically just all like, I told them that I didn't give a flying F if we win or lose. I just didn't want to go home after looking like a bunch of wimpy men. Or no, he said like weak men. <laughs> it just mm. it was pretty funny to me. Uh so I don't know, maybe if he curses, it'll help him out and you'll be upset. But okay. I'm, we're going with that. I like that a lot. Arkansas, I mean, I think that's that's a pretty trendy upset pick, too, I think. So I, yeah. I like it. I like it a lot. Let's see what happens, listeners. Put Lock your money in. on that. Aaron will cover your losses. Now, one last thing before we end this uh, kind of sad basketball episode. But hey, Tragic. mad, too. Sad and mad, baby. Um, talking about that women's basketball bracket competition that we have going on on that very same app. Number one is Chris Stinky Sloth Fan, a longtime Quack 12 uh, uh, supporter and uh, listener. And once again, dominating. I, she's yeah. actually, I believe, last year's tournament yep. winner. She and got the year before. Supply, yeah, lifetime supply of pickles. Um, so pretty nuts. She's number one. And Aaron, if you remember... You and I, baby. She's got Stanford winning, by the way. You huh. and I have a competition in the women's bracket. We both have our separate uh, brackets here. And whoever right. gets the highest one gets to choose the sports movie that we're going to cover in the offseason. Right, right. Right now, well, both of us aren't doing great. We're not going to win this overall Obviously. We've got Oregon winning the national championship. <laughs> and they got bumped out in the first week. However, one of us is doing a little bit better. I've got 400 points with a potential of 920 points. And Aaron, you've got 240 points with a potential of 360 points. Yo. So that's, I mean, for math-minded listeners. I'm already out. Yeah, you're already out. I already won. <laughs> You've already got more than I'm able to I've, get yeah. to. Yeah, I already won. Hey, <laughs> I never said my skills work for basketball. Yeah, that's true. Well, we'll see. Maybe Arkansas Maybe Arkansas will be a good upset. Maybe that'll get you we'll back see. on the winning track. We'll see. Um, that being said, I'm going to take my sweet time really thinking about this. I'm not going to torture you. I'm not going to be like, make Aaron watch terrible sports movies. But uh, I'm interested in seeing what I'm going to choose. The Longest Yard. Probably not that one. Probably not Unnecessary that. Roughness. Nope, not going to be that one. Waterboy. Pa- I mean, you know I love that movie. But uh, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. Anyways, um, friends, we love you all so much. Somehow we're more popular than ever, even though we're actually deteriorating both as podcasters <laughs> yeah. and as human beings. <laughs> People are tuning in just to bet against what we say, and then they're coming out making all the money. That makes sense. That makes perfect yeah, sense. Yeah, uh, once again, yeah, we got a Patreon. Yeah, Apple Podcast five stars would really help us out. At Quack Twelve Podcast, oh, yada yada yada. Aaron, 
uh, kiss both your parents on the foreheads for me. Uh, give Texas hell. Represent the Oregon Ducks well. And uh, I will see you next week. Whoa, whoa.